0: You're listening to Sarah Hagen Backstage, with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business.
1: Welcome to Sarah Hagen Backstage. My guest today, Steve Misamore, is not only the drummer with the band Dirks Bentley, but he is also a really great friend of mine with a fantastic sense of humor. Today, I'm going to talk to Steve about playing with the band, changing music technology, the challenges he's faced over the past year. And of course, we have to talk about the fantastic band that closes every Dirk Bentley show, Hot Country Nights. So come along and laugh with me as I catch up with Steve Missamore. Steve Missamore, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah, for having me. This is, uh, this is huge. This is a big, huge, huge honor.
1: Oh, well, thank you for saying that. It's an honor for me. Absolutely. The, lighting, okay. is the Lighting good. The lighting's the fantastic. Hair. Your hair's Okay. Your hair looks especially. Oh
0: my God. Okay. No.
1: One thing I love, and I just have to tell everyone listening is the hair commentary because we, we, it's just this thing, and in the emails would start at any email that you would send to me and anyone else in the industry would be like, there had to be a hair comment, like check out my hair on, you know the uh, the Jimmy Fallon show or.
0: it's <laughs> all I got. It's what I got, Sarah. It's my go-to bit. It's my so good.
1: good. It's such great it's hair. Good. So we have to talk about it.
0: <laughs> it even cut, but.
1: Oh, it's great. It's great. How doing? Doing? How's, how's the family? Uh, wonderful! Everybody's doing really great. Thank awesome. you for asking. Yes, awesome. yes. And how are you doing? how How good. are you? You're good.
0: Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. We moved back into the house, um, or into the new house, uh, six weeks, seven weeks ago.
1: Wow! Congratulations on that.
0: Thank you. One day at a time, and just Absolutely. one laundry laundry list of things to do, and and we keep just plugging at it. Every there day. you go.
1: One thing at a time. Don't overwhelm yeah, yourself.
0: The Here's the drum room, sort of.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, there beautiful. we go.
0: That's all I got set up right now. <laughs> because everything else is sort of we're just we're one day. Yeah. It's yes. a work in progress. It's a work Well, you
1: have a you have a great space there. I love that. And so for anyone listening, um, Steve is talking about just moving back into his house or into the new house because yes. last year we all know coronavirus hit. Everybody was was quarantined right at the beginning of that, a tornado came through East Nashville and destroyed your home with you and your wife. Luckily you weren't home at the time, which we we're all very thankful
0: for. Yeah, We were in Florida.
1: Yes. And you Got were safe.
0: Night. Got a call in the middle of the night and uh, our neighbors were, were like frantic. Where are you guys? And we knew right away something something was going on, something bad was going on. And he told us, yeah, a tornado had just rolled through, and and so we just started packing our stuff and 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 uh, headed to the airport right away. And then next, caught the earliest fly, flight, first flight we could catch out.
1: Right, and did you have a heads up on what you were? going to experience when you got there? Did they let you know about the house and everything?
0: Well, by the time we got to the airport in the morning, we were sitting there waiting, actually said had, had screenshotted a video of a helicopter taking a picture of our neighborhood. And was like, he's like, is this your neighborhood? And I was like, yeah, and we could see our house. And it was, mm-hmm. most of it was gone, half of it, more, more than half of it was gone.
1: Right, and yes.
0: I- but we didn't know for a while exactly. You know, we weren't thinking, we weren't thinking the worst, we were thinking, Oh, twice some roof damage, you know, and all this and that and everything. But you can't describe the the devastation once you're on the ground. You saw it once we got here, mm-hmm. we able to get into Mount Juliet. Actually, uh, down Mount Juliet Road, even towards our house and traffic and everything. And it's it's just it's insane. You just can't. It's crazy
1: yes i think you're until you're in that moment it's hard probably to describe to anyone who hasn't experienced that but yeah,
0: describe it until um, unless you've gone through it yeah it's one of those things you just can't describe it until until you're there i don't right. recommend it, so. no
1: no right <laughs> no don't wish we don't wish that on anybody
0: but no you know, i don't really don't
1: something amazing did come of that um experience and i know um you know it's it's you and your wife are the kind of people who are just such incredibly positive people. And I just remember the videos of you at the site, at the house, and you and your wife, and you're just so supportive of each other. And she was kind of like cracking jokes because, you know, what else are you going to do in that moment?
0: Exactly, exactly what it is. Yeah.
1: But it was, it was, it was yeah, beautiful to see you guys support each other. And then the support from the community and the support from your band was beautiful.
0: It was, am- that was amazing. We had the whole crew came out and, uh, it's on, it's on my Instagram too. If anybody wants to go look at it, cause a couple of the bits were kind of funny, yeah. you know, and, and with Dirks out there too. And the whole band, the crew came out, the band came out, uh, friends of ours too came out to try to help clean up and help put things together. And we did, a, you know, I mean, you just got to laugh after a while cause it's just so over the top. Once you kind of get over the initial shock of everything and you're kind of collected a little bit and, and, kind of step back and look okay nobody's hurt nobody was seriously hurt in our immediate neighborhood at least so uh and we're okay uh it's just stuff now mm-hmm. and okay it's this you're gonna have to deal with it it's right there it's you know this and that's what it is so you just try to make i don't know it just kind of that's where we just kind of went is just a, just trying to make you know lighten it up a little bit and have you know if you can not have fun with it, but yeah, I guess we kind of did.
1: <laughs> Should we see if we can help out uh, Steve? Yeah. I yeah.
0: hope oh, yeah. he's home. Yeah. Tony! Oh, hey! Oh, hey, him. man. You... We're here to help you out, man. Oh, you love to see the place? Yeah. I wow. wow, really was really expecting you, Well, it's kind of a mess right now. Oh, but, uh, let's you know. check it out. Ah, come, come, out. On yeah. in, it. Like, come on wow. in, guys. Come on in. Check hey, it man. out. It's kind of, so like the color? Yeah, the it's a nice color. It's a, it's a little messy right now. We're gonna clean it up. It's a, yeah, don't you like it? Like it's it. it's very, nice. very organic. It's awesome. Nice. Thank this you. Nice it's That's all nice. natural. I Didn't know your new kitchen was gonna be so open. It really, it really oh, brings it. the inside into the, into the room. Like a curtain piece, maybe, or like a. Uh, man, the beak is amazing. I, I think it's a nice accoutrement. This part of it. All right. Look at this view. Wow. This the original floor. Really registering. Registering outside in. guys i can get you a drink here it's the drinks are in the refrigerator yeah okay um hey,
1: well, yeah. Light. well that just it speaks to who you are as people because you know um some people wouldn't be able to do that i just really it really was inspiring to see the positivity that came out of that and and the community and dirks being there and you know it's uh it showed like this community that you have within the band that I've seen firsthand, which I always love. Anytime to, you know, get to go to a Dark Bentley show, spend some time with you. The guys in the band are just incredible. And the relationship that you all have is amazing. And I, you know, a lot of bands don't have that. So it's just yeah. such a special connection. Um and and it you starts did at the top,
0: man, I really have to say it starts at the top, it starts with Dirks too. I mean, for it starts with Dirks, period. I mean, it's just that's the way he sets the tone and sets the uh, the vibe. He's such a good, such a great guy, dear friend, and uh, can't say enough about him, really.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I think it's like that in um, any like business situation, too. I mean. Sure you know it it starts at the top right the the person who's kind of like leading the charge mm-hmm. their their personality kind of comes through and their the way that they kind of manage things or interact with people trickles to everybody else and it's it's just it's such a great environment so um that part of it was really beautiful to see and then you did recover i do remember you uh, posting about you know maybe it was like a wedding picture that was like miles away or yeah. something
0: Well, we had, we had, yeah, we found a wedding picture that was kind of, it kind of jumped out at me and it was like, it was a good picture to kind of present. I mean, I think we did a lot. I did some of those videos and stuff like that as part of maybe the healing process or something on how to deal with all of it. And, uh, but yeah, there was a picture of my mother-in-law that was found out near Chattanooga, which is 150 miles east of here. And a picture or our checkbook, somebody called us from out in Lebanon, which is 40 miles east of here and say, hey, we found your checkbook out here. Do you want it? And we're like, "Oh, that's okay. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and a picture of Carrie that was found another 100 miles east, you know, east of here. So yeah, it was just really, really kind of uh, it was crazy. It's crazy, the power of that. It's it insane.
1: Absolutely. But now you're in your home, you're in your yeah. new home, rebuilt, and it's beautiful. And I'm just so happy for you all. And you've got crazy your, so your space. You. Yes.
0: Yeah, we're building on it. We're getting excited. And there's little things now that are kind of cool. that are starting to carry on. went and first of all, I married way above a man of my station. I, and, and I think I've made several posts about that. I mean, Carrie is really the pillar between us two for sure. And, um, but yeah, if we're starting to bring in some homey things to kind of make it, you know, I love like what you did in the back of your, with all the records there and stuff like that. And we're kind of, I don't have anything on the wall yet, but there's stuff on the ground over here. That's going to, yeah. and it's all the personal little items that you gotta start going from a house to a home with, you know that that absolutely uh, that's, that's what we're starting on besides the uh, caulking in the bathroom that I gotta finish today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's nice. It's nice to make it homey too, because yeah. you know yeah. you surround yourself with things that bring up really great memories. and I'm yeah. sure you have a lot of those things to to put up. so that'll be wonderful. And if you, if you're like me though, it takes, takes a minute to like hang things. I, I feel like I'm one of those people that over analyzes where things should go. And then it's just, totally. it like, it just put like a, <laughs> it. It
0: looks like a geography or a geography. It looks like a geometric puzzle behind the picture, all the lining <laughs> and the erasing.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I know really it's a process.
0: Really Get it just right with the level on there. And-
1: exactly. It'll be great though. So this yeah. is your like practice space in your home. Are you, are you doing, um, I did see a video of you playing in your space, which is wonderful. Yeah. Do you have any plans to um, to do anything besides practice there? Are you going to be recording anything or um, yes. is it? This-
0: hopefully, hopefully uh, I've got a bunch of uh, baffles back there. Music City Acoustics made me. And so hopefully in the next few months, I mean, it's not quite a priority right now, but I should be up and ready to, to do, hopefully do some recording and, and uh, anything else. I like to... At the very least, it's it's such a good creative outlet to stay in the creative mind, uh, to stay yes. in the creative mode and a fresh, fresh playing wise and all that to have some sort of a recording set up. Mm-hmm. Even if you attract people right away or anything like that, but just to have the creativity is definitely good. You know, the creative outlet, so to speak.
1: Absolutely, and and you will be actually back out on the road really soon, right? So, well,
0: actually, we started if we beers on me tour with uh, Riley Green and Parker McCullum, and we did a few like soft openings, I guess you could say, but the actual tour officially started uh, a few weeks ago in Salt Lake City.
1: Fantastic!
0: So we had about a two week run there, and now out west coast, uh, uh, and now we're back. And we have like a week off or something like a week and a half, I think, and then we uh, head back out again. So.
1: It's so exciting. And how has it been out on the road? Is it?
0: Yeah, it's been amazing. It really is. You really feel the the energy from the audiences out there that really have, have a, it's so good. It's just really good. It's different. It really is different. I don't know if maybe together the, the, the band along with, cause it's a whole, you know, you're one with them when you're hopefully at least when you're doing the show and all that and you're, it's everybody together celebrating
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: I think it is kind of like a big celebration that, uh, you know, at least of course, not lately, (laughs) it seems like it's going back, but I mean, for a time being right now, it's a celebration of bit of a release from everything in the past, you know, year. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can definitely feel it. You can definitely feel the energy a different kind of an energy than we've, you know, than we're used to. And it's really, really great. So,
1: that's so exciting. I've heard that from a few people who are out touring right now that it's like a different feeling being out there and feeling the the release from the audience yeah. who are just finally seeing live music again and yes. and experiencing that. And, I, you know, your shows are always a fun time and like everybody's just having a blast and it's yeah. kind of feels like a big party atmosphere anyway, but.
0: It was, it has a little bit, I have to say without getting Too direct about this. It has a Mardi Gras vibe to it Um, (laughs) that we haven't really noticed in a lot of years. That we're going, wow! Right out of the gate, this is wow. No beads necessary. It was just Uh, okay.
1: Amazing. So, like, I, you know what? I'm the last concert that I can remember attending where that had that. Mardi Gras vibe that we're talking about was like a motley crew show so
0: I know well I, I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that we have Riley Green and Parker McCollum with us who are they're I'm not gonna afraid to say they're good looking guys <laughs> and they're I mean they've got muscles and they're you know, and and they're and they're just Riley particularly could just like squish me I mean just like <laughs> so i've always got a little bit to do with it so i'm sure it's fun having younger guys out for sure
1: that's fantastic yeah so they're they're getting the crowd all ready, and then you guys come out and you know
0: it's a softball after that it's easy. there you
1: go (laughs) (laughs) that's so great i mean it's just like i'm just so happy that people are having fun and you know you you mentioned things have gone a little bit backward with the numbers and you know the the uh the virus situation. Um, and I keep hearing, you know, I just, every time I hear that a band has maybe paused a tour or delayed or had to cancel some dates for a reason or another, or somebody getting sick, I'm just like, okay, just hopefully everyone else can just keep going, keep, keep moving. And it's just kind of a fingers crossed kind of a feeling.
0: Yeah. It's if for us, it surely is right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, we personally are, are, we're vaccinated. It's difficult for me and Carrie Ann too, cause uh, she's immunosuppressed because of her kidney transplant that she went through a few years ago mm-hmm. and she's doing great and everything, but we have to be extra careful. She took the uh, booster that was recommended. We're both vaccinated up, at Moderna and she's uh, took the bat. it took the, uh, the booster and, but you still just don't know with immunosuppressed people who are on uh you know prednisone and on some of these tacro and other these anti rejection drugs and all that it it makes you more vulnerable mm-hmm. so we have to be extra careful with it we have to have a 100% she can't get sick
1: absolutely yes and i and i you know it's it's one of those situations where um you need other people to help protect people like your wife and sh- and she should and she should be protected yes. and you know i you just gave a shout out to her but Carrie Ann is just a hmm. wonderful human being. And I I love her too. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, I think about her and I think about all the other people who do have immune, you know, suppression. And it, it is so important for all of us to make sure that they are okay. And yes. I will certainly be wearing a mask anytime and every time to yeah, protect people I, like I do. I
0: do whatever it takes. It's not I don't like masks personally. Yeah. I but I'll do it. I mean, it's a mask. It's not that big a deal. It's
1: right. A, of course. I don't think anybody likes them.
0: <laughs> I yeah. I mean, does. I, mean, yeah. But, I mean, our, you know, my dentist and my doctor over the years, they always, you know, yeah. You know, my dentist particularly, I don't know when I go to my doctor, you know, or whatever like that, they don't necessarily, unless you're really sick, but uh, yeah, all the t- I mean, they have forever, you know, and stuff. So
1: yeah. I I, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and we want, we want to keep seeing live music. So, you know,
0: you Absolutely.
1: Just keep this industry going, keep everybody moving, get it right
0: now hitting that fifteen seconds, fifteen seconds forward.
1: <laughs> that's okay. That's okay, yeah, that's okay too.
0: That's okay. Yeah.
1: You know, everyone has their opinion, but I think in mean, my personal opinion is that we care about other people. So if yes. we care about other people, we'll do what it takes yes. to make sure other people are safe. So yes, yes. you know, yes. always. Um, okay. So back to talking about playing music and touring and all that fun stuff. You've been with Dirk Bentley for decades now.
0: Years. How now many- uh, tw- uh, we met in 99 actually. Wow. So yeah. And we've been on the road. I've been on the road with him since 2003. We met in 99. He, uh, he actually, do you know Lee Kelly at all? I don't think so. Kelly, I can't think of Man, he was the one that recommended me for Dirks' gigs. Dirks was doing these, uh, doing a a small bar gig down on second Avenue called Market Street, which is still there. And it's, it's closed down. It's not a thing, but the, the building is still there and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, he called and I answered the phone. This is back when we had caller ID and I saw his name on there. I was like, I've got to answer this. Who is this? And, (laughs) it was nice right away, hit it off. And he's like, no, I do fifties and sixties bluegrass and shuffles and stuff. And that's what I was into. It was like just the old school country. And, um, and we went, just hit it off right away. So he had this gig and we were doing this gig and he had some amazing players. I had a part-time job at Sony ATV tree, uh, music publishing in the evenings. I had a tape room gig where I would uh, archive a lot of the old demos from the sixties and seventies. It was really actually a lot of fun. It was cool. And so I was able to open up a few doors for him when he had finished his own CD on his own. Hmm. Uh, So that led to his publishing deal at Sony tree. And then uh, he got his deal on capital shortly after that. And they recorded the record and then we were on the probably by two, three or two doing dates, that kind of stuff.
1: That's so fantastic. I I remember hearing you got in touch. I'm not sure who put us in touch initially, but. But I remember you getting in touch and I remember hearing the music for the first time and um, just striking me that it was like a new take on traditional mm-hmm. country sound. Like it really felt traditional to yeah. me in so many ways, which I always loved. I grew up listening to a lot of classic rock and kind of like traditional country music. And so it, it just felt like, um like home you know it was it yeah. was real yeah really um uh relatable and yeah. so true. i was you know i was just excited when country started taking a little bit of a more like rock and roll direction mm-hmm. in some ways and then kind of branching off into pop and in other ways and yeah. you know you guys kind of kept this this feeling of like so fun and like a new take on it but also the traditional feel to it
0: for sure. I mean, country music has sort of been like that for a long time. I mean, back Eddie Arnold, who's a legendary country artist, was, you know, sort of blasted back in the days, back in the 60s and all that for being too much like trying to be like Frank Sinatra or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, there's other crossover hits, crossover pop hits back in the 60s, in the 70s, Barbara Mandrell, Glenn Campbell the names, the list goes on Merle Haggard from the West being the West coast guy, not being a real true traditional. So that whole argument thing or anything like, I mean, country music has always evolved and kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit. And it continues to the, to this day, really. Mm-hmm. Dirts' sound is unique in the sense that he's, you know, at the end of the day, he, his, his voice and his soul and all that goes back to the, just traditional country music, really.
1: Mm-hmm. It goes Absolutely. deep dialogue
0: that and bluegrass. I mean, we just did the uh, the Telluride Festival, Bluegrass Telluride Festival here back uh, over the summer. Gosh, wait, we're in September now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, how is this possible? When
0: was, I think it was back in July. Was it actually, I have a, yeah, it was back in June. I have a poster right here, Blue, June 11th actually. Wow. Um, was it, yeah, Bluegrass Festival in Telluride and we headlined at the very end of it all and played, You know, so that's where Dirks' heart and soul too, really is in, in a lot of bluegrass. Uh, stuff for sure.
1: Absolutely, and you can hear it. You know, you can hear yeah. that in the music. It's It's so kind
0: of a bluegrass-ish type of a take on a song or something uh, on his records, for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Going um, out. and just speaking of you and your musical history before, so it was ni- 1999 that you said. Um, before that, way way back in Steve Misamore playing history. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how did you How did you start playing? Were, were you playing on any other instruments at the time, or was it always drums for you? Um, how did it all begin for you?
0: Yeah, it also, that's an interesting question. It started when I was 11 years old. We have a friend in the family who was a drum instructor. So I started out on snare drum, and then concert band in junior high, and then high school. Just a lot of playing along with records, mm-hmm. LP, they call them nowadays. The yes. <laughs> And cassettes, I used to stay up, I forgot about that. I used to stay up way past what my bedtime was, I remember. And I'd have my headphones on, I had a tape deck, and I'd have pause record. I'd make my own mixtapes, and before they were called mixtapes or anything, i stuff to practice to like the next day, whether it was everything from, and it was uh, the Cars, Rush, uh, Van Halen, whatever, Pop Rock country, John Conley, whatever. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, even country music or whatever. That was kind of a groove-oriented, well, except for, well, Russia, at least. <laughs> so it pushes the boundaries on that. But uh, yeah, and then I'd practice drums, you know, until dad came home at five or 30 or six o'clock. I had to shut it down. Right. But, but uh, yeah, after school, they was just getting home from school as quickly as I could to, to sit behind the drum kit, you know, eventually. And then, and then in college, my uh i guess my the second year in school my my first year I was a finance major and that wasn't going to work out told <laughs> dad I said look you know so he's like okay i, was, I became a music got a, uh, my music degree a percussion performance degree in music and that's uh, so
1: great
0: yeah I, it was yeah it was really cool the school i went to Stephen F Austin State University in Nacogdoches Texas and um, I had really, really great teachers. It wasn't a drum, drum set or, you know, it was percussion oriented uh, uh, program. There wasn't, uh, but I had great individual teachers who taught me a lot of great things. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: it kind of started me off in the right direction for sure.
1: That's fantastic. So, so finance major decided
0: yeah, I was still, well, I don't not
1: know. going in that direction, <laughs> you know, and the thing is about, um, about drums, you just, you mentioned starting when you were 11, playing all these styles of music and can't, you know, not being able to wait to get home. You're probably playing a lot of drums in school in the school bands, but you couldn't wait to get home to play more. And it's well, yeah, right. It's like, that's, that's the thing about drums. It's so much fun. And it yeah. gets into you and you just yeah. have to do it. You have no it's, choice.
0: It's hard not to it really is. I still do that, do that, you know, today. I mean, anytime, whatever, even though I know that we have, you know, that we're doing a lot of stuff around the house and working on it, I have to take a break and come down and play for a while. And then the, the 15 minutes end up being an hour and a half ends up being two hours, you know, and so mm-hmm. it, just really happens. it becomes so much a party. You just cannot do it. You don't feel right if you don't play.
1: Right. It and centers play, you,
0: right? And I play, you know, a little bit of piano, but you know, drums are the main thing. And there's always something new to explore. There's always things to work on to get improved, to get better. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, and things to improve to get better and 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 to work on constantly. So yeah, drums. I mean, it's it's in the blood, it's part of you.
1: Absolutely. And nowadays you can go to your your drum space and play and not have to rewind the cassette tape constantly, right? To get to listen no. to the part again.
0: <laughs> no, it's a little more streaming now, streaming now, but uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you just go back a little and listen. And I, so I,
0: those cassettes Cause I'm pretty sure most of those cassettes are in cookville, like 50 miles east. Of <laughs>
1: right. Oh my
0: goodness. Out everywhere.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah. that And, and, you know, I guess, I guess none of us really need those things anymore, but,
0: um, yeah. but I, yeah, I may come back. I don't know. I saw, I saw a thing was it John Mayer that posted something on Instagram and it had a cassette or something? Yes.
1: Yeah, so cassettes are coming back somehow. I don't <laughs>
0: know. Yeah, that's you know. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Know.
1: I mean, it is. I, I just, you know, for, for us, you know, we, we kind of grew up with that. I, I you know, take the pencil and rewind it. So we don't yeah. use all our batteries. We're winding the cassette. Oh, is, never yes. knowing, yes. <laughs> never knowing where it's stopping. You know, mm-hmm. if we're going to, get to the right point, going back too far, not going back far enough. I did the same thing as you making the mixtapes of you know yeah. music to practice and play to and taping it off of the radio, which was always a challenge because you had to get it like right at that right time yeah. to, I, to get the, the whole
0: song. The intro of the songs, most of the most <laughs> songs, I didn't know what the intros were. Yeah. I didn't know how to cut them off because I never got them actually.
1: No. it's so true. We you'd hear a song and be like, Oh, I wanted to tape that and run and get the tape and get it in. Yeah, yeah you missed like the first Again, almost minute of the song.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Sure. Definitely if several times, several times over. Yeah, yeah. That, I can't I haven't thought about that in quite a while. You know, it's right? kind of it's like technology almost as great as it is, it almost does too much for you. Because there's there's a, a a bit of a struggle that needs to happen. And I guess there there's you know. Technology struggles too, but I mean, yeah, you miss a little bit of that, like getting the needle dropped just right on the record. Trying to find where that after, especially I had exit stage left, Russia's record, and I had to sit there and pick the needle up and find, okay, what is he doing on that? You know, and and pick up the needle just right. Do you ever put a dime on the, on the, which is a horrible thing to do? I know. On the, on the top of the needle head in order to,
1: yeah. I know and now now I would never do that, but as a kid, that was like essential. Um, but yeah, and I and it's funny because I have so many records now. Um, and I really only listen to music on LPs at my house, but I do like the fact that cassettes are coming back because you know, now the kids it's like you have to work for it a little bit, yes, you, you have know. To so
0: yeah, you know, I mean it's part of the fun of it. Too many things um, done for you and everything yeah. like that. I mean, what's where's the I don't know about the challenge of it, but I mean, there needs to be a little bit of a kind of a, like a yeah, I don't know, a, yeah, yeah. that thing, you know, with the pencil,
1: oh, exactly, oh, right? <laughs> and then that moment where you do get it on the perfect spot when you rewind yeah, it, and you get so it, it, right there. Oh, yeah, got it. Right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I had, I just have to like re- go, way, go way back, and I had that. That waterproof, and I am going to say waterproof with air quotes because it yeah. was it was not waterproof. Um, and I think I like broke it a bunch of times and had to have it fixed, but I had that yellow <laughs> Sony Walkman Sony that Walkman. was like sport or whatever, and it um had the splash on the front and it was supposedly waterproof. But I saw a video with Ash Stone recently and he was using that as a, a dampener on his snare drum. I right saw that.
0: Top. I saw that up. Yeah. so
1: good, I and it brought back awesome. so many memories. It works. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I had one too that had, it was like white and orange, I think, or something like that. I don't know. In case you get lost in the water, maybe you could see it better or something. I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah. If it falls into the ocean while you're surfing, listening to your cassette tape.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And it floated too. It had some kind of like device in it that that floated, but it had like a, you could seal it. Like you you had to hold it really tightly shut and then like pull this. (laughs) So, so funny yes. oh my gosh anyway way back we're talking way back um, <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> like, so what much, much fun are they talking okay i know what's going on but you know what i bet there'll be people like ebaying sony sport yellow walkman all right
0: i'm gonna find cool. no i don't i don't know where. i don't think i have one anymore. Maybe. yeah i, do. I don't, I
1: don't think i do either i'll
0: look I got mountains of boxes in the garage, so go
1: through, <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: um, well, speaking of fun things, I have to bring up hot country nights.
0: Oh my God. Because Sorry, God. I apologize one- <laughs> for them really from the get go. I apologize. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they are one of my favorite things. They, they open for you all pretty often and they're so much fun, Steve. They're such They're a fun ridiculous. band. They're
0: ridiculous. And they actually close the shows now.
1: Oh, okay. I like that. It's,
0: yeah, Well, it's like we end our shows, then we walk off the stage and do our bows and those idiots come out and then they start doing a doing their shtick and it's, and it's total mayhem and it's pretty, it's, it's pretty fun. It's still fun.
1: Yes. Yeah, so much fun. If if anyone has not been to a Dirk Bentley show or or hasn't noticed uh, this band is just something to look out for.
0: I wish we could insert like video. I don't know if I have my, uh...
1: you know what I'll do. I'm going to put a link in the description of the YouTube video so people can check out yeah.
0: hot country nights. Awesome. Hot nights.com. A lot of people don't know. So we'll give the, just the premise of it is, is that they were a, the third best uh, cover band in the nineties playing at uh, a, what's it called? Uh, in Moose Knuckle, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> right. They were the third best country cover band of the nineties and they're getting their shot again at yeah. fame and the recognition that they deserve. And um, actually, you know, we went in, we recorded it. We, and it started out uh, probably about six years ago, six, seven years ago, just as an idea that we wanted to get out and play music, mm-hmm. you know, If you try to play any bars, I mean, Dirk's too, you know, and, and if we we try to play any bars, the club owners can't have us there without promoting it being Dirk's and then it becomes a Dirk's show. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course they're going to do that. They're going to promote. We can't even sneak in really. So, and, and do anything like that. So then it became that he was going to just put a hat on a cowboy hat. We're going to do 90s country. He was just going to play rhythm. And then it just kind of evolved into this characters and all this kind of a comedy thing. And well, comedy—I put in quotes—I don't know, ridiculous. Just they're they're idiots. <laughs> but comedy is very subject- subjective there and that. Um, and it started as that, and then we played like our first show, our first kind of gig at uh, the VFW Hall in East Nashville. There's an EF- VFW Hall, and since we played there, and Dirks, and of course when we advertise, it got all the Dirks and the industry people and everybody else, and it put the VFW hall back on the map. Cause they were actually on the edge of actually maybe even shutting down. It was wow. like, Dirks brought in a bunch of his own liquor that cause he was with old smoky whiskey at the time or old smoky moonshine at the time
1: mm-hmm.
0: brought in, actually brought in a bunch of Bud Light and the liquor and just said, sell it, just take it, sell it. So they did. And, and they ended up, we played there like twice. That place is now a really cool venue to play. Wow. I hope they're doing okay. I don't know what's going on with them, but yeah, that was kind of a neat, kind of a, a realistic outcome that actually happened. That was kind of really, really cool. Putting that VFW hall on the map, and uh, because of Dirks, really. And um, but anyways, the High Country Nights went on there. We went on to uh, to record a record with Capitol on Capitol Records. Did a, a whole record with some really great writers, uh, and then we released a single. And pick her up with a, which was with Travis Tritt. Pick her up in a pickup truck, and we did a on <laughs> everything. We did Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, and he loved it. He was just like, "Oh my God, people need to be more doing more of this kind of thing and stuff." As Saturday, we were on Saturday Night Live's radar. It was like we had a we had a tour set up, record release time, everything, and then the pandemic hit, and unfortunately, just pulled the rug <laughs> from under us. Right. Maybe for the best with these guys. I don't know. <laughs> the rug out. So it was like, oh, it was so disappointing. So I don't know. These these uh these guys are they're 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 actually out with Dirks with us with Dirks and they're continuing to kind of keep try to keep keep nineties music country nineties country music alive somehow. It's somewhere.
1: so good. It's so yeah. I, I hope they keep it up because it's so much fun. And I it definitely was, will put was, some links. Ahead. Yeah, I just, no. I was just gonna say it's it's just so much fun. Like,
0: it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It is so much fun. It, it it's 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 fun to do the videos and it's fun to do the uh, do the bits that we do and all those kinds of things. And and it's a, it's a great. It's a it's a I don't know. It's just really just a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely. And the drummer Monty is a, a sharp dresser too. So He's a sharp
0: dresser, you guys yeah. got to check that out too. He's, yeah, he he keeps his look pretty tight.
1: <laughs> it's so good it's so so good um so, so speaking of the music that you play and then the hot country nights take on the 90s country music
0: yeah. um
1: what other styles like have you have you um kind of gone beyond into other styles of music you said you grew up playing rush um is there like Another style of music that you love, or like if you were in a if you were in an actual cover band of a style of music, what would it be?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I don't probably yacht rock type <laughs> That would be fun. I didn't think about that, that would be Kind of, you know. I was into you know, when I got into college or when I was in high school, you know, somebody that turned my ear, you know, Herman Matthews? Mm-hmm. He's he's a fantastic from Houston and I used to sneak into clubs to go watch him play.
1: Oh, that's awesome. He was,
0: uh, he was the first drummer that I was like saw live locally that I was absolutely blown away with his with his feel and everything and the way he played. And he was in a band called New Toys, and they did a lot of pop, but they did more hipper type, pop type stuff, real, you know. And a little bit of Earth, Wind, and Fire, and do different takes on Jimi Hendrix tunes and stuff like that. They had this traffic. What was that? What was that one song of Jimi Hendrix? Uh, I forget. Anyway, so they would do like remakes and stuff like that, and put their own twist on R and B twist on it and stuff. Such a good band, and I learned so much of that. And that kind of kicked me off into doing. And then once I got into college, I got more into into jazz. And then fan, kind of fancied myself a jazz drummer you know but i still listen to a lot of jazz really like jazz a lot and and i've been into like keith jarrett stuff lately and jack dejanette but it, it you know i i did a little bit of that when i learned in college it was like to be able to play a lot of different styles of music and mm-hmm. you increase your odds of being able to work which is totally true Cause I did a lot of, when I was in t- in town here, I did a lot of wedding band, not a lot, but I mean a good amount of wedding band stuff too. Mm-hmm. And you got to know the jazz standards and be able to play brushes and be able to play the, you know, play the right feel and play musical and did a few little jazz things here and there and stuff. But um, being able to play a lot of styles uh, is definitely important for any young player. I think definitely to kind of, kind of, yeah, increase your odds of being able to play, yeah. know, able to play different, or different types of gigs and stuff like that, you know?
1: absolutely. And especially being in Nashville too, you're kind of like, you know, they, they, they call it music city. People think about like country music, Nashville go hand in hand, but there's so many styles of music being played in Nashville and recorded too. Yes.
0: And phenomenal players coming in every day. Mm -hmm. That's what's kind of, that's, what's really been a, not to get off the subject, but kind of like being on the road too in the past 10 years, uh, a lot of the opening acts, such great young drummers coming out. Mm. Uh, the guys we have John Bostwick and with Parker McCullum and a Quinn. I can't think of his last name unfortunately. he plays with uh, Riley Green and just two young, again, fantastic players. When I first got into Nashville, there was there was a few guys you would want to go around town and go try to go seek out a couple. And now, man, you just you go down on Broadway which I'm not down there very much, but if we have some sort of event with go at his club, you know, I'm going to go wander around down and go check out some of their players. God, they're all good. They all play so good. And you're just like, wow. It's just, yeah, it's such a, yeah. From that, from that angle, the growth of Nashville, a lot of people kind of complain, it's not what it used to be. And yeah, there's some things that we've lost that it was like, I kind of wish we still had. However, from a musical standpoint, though, it is a powerhouse city now. For for all kinds of music, all styles of music.
1: Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. And like you just mentioned, you can go to any club on Broadway, any any bar, any place, and see like the most amazing musicians playing there. Like on any weeknight, you know, it's it's just any it's incredible. Night.
0: Any given night, and it all it you know it, yeah it's true. It's and it's it's really really a lot of fun. It's really fun to see that. I like it. I, like, I enjoy that. And Absolutely. I the opening acts too, particularly over the years too, that have every single one of them, there's not, there's not one act that I went, drummer eh, drummer's just okay or something like that. No, they all are good. They all play really good. So, and it's inspiring. I like to have that too, because it makes me want to step my game up when I, when we're, when we're about ready to take the stage too. So.
1: Yeah. And that's like That's something that I, I talk about often with this community, this dr- drumming community that is so incredible. And I feel like, if you look at Nashville as like a microcosm of the larger drumming community, it's really a great example. It stands for how everyone really looks out for each other, takes care of each other. There's healthy competition. There's, you know, wanting to be better, um, not, not in competition with someone else, but just watching what someone else is doing and wanting to even be better. And it's um, the other part of it is the coming together for each other for sure. situation,
0: which is beautiful. For sure. Everybody always encourages everybody. Everybody's, you know, it's based on network. You're getting I've had a few over the years. Every once in a while, I have somebody who says who wants to know it's like, well, how do you get a gig or how would you get started or something like that? And the technology has changed and, you know, with it, with social media and all that kind of thing and groups and all this and that that you can get involved with. But at the end of the day, um, they have to know who you are. You know, and the more you know, it's somebody's gonna have to recommend is gonna recommend you for something, and the more somebody's that you know, I think mm-hmm. I told that just recently. Actually, I came up with that. Wow, and <laughs> and and it's uh yeah, it's brilliant. And uh, but it uh but it is true. It's like you know, the more people that you know, and friends that you have, and all that, and everybody's you know, the more people you, you you're gonna get help from, mm-hmm. the more people you can help also and pass along and try to you know so it's about knowing these people and you know the the network kind of end of it still remains the same as it always has so and that's really really great
1: yeah i i can see it i you know being in the industry and spending time in nashville and you know hosting drummer events in nashville the the group of people that would come to those events and spend time together and the atmosphere of like everyone being so happy to see each other and spend time with each other and you know, even representing a company, but having people who represent other companies just come along because everybody's friends. It's, yeah, you yeah. know, it's just an amazing feeling, and I've always felt like Nashville was that environment was really incredible.
0: It always has been, and it's and it's always fun too, because like you know, I watch those young players, and yeah, there's something that they do. They'll play and I go, oh, I'm gonna put that in my back pocket. <laughs> <Yeah>, you know. <laughs> that was really cool. So you kind of you're learning from each other. I'm still learning from the young players coming up too and stuff. It keeps you inspired. So for sure. Nashville is really a great, it's a great, a great place to to live for sure.
1: Right. And, and you never stop learning, right? So you've been,
0: yeah, it's part of that's part of that goes in hand in hand. I mean, you know, with it for sure.
1: I love it. I, I can't wait to see like hot country nights. Turning into like a Rush cover band, that would be just oh ultimate, God.
0: right? You would have to talk to Garrison over at GW about expanding the kit a <laughs> I <laughs> but
1: can't but imagine I had, that
0: that phone Oh my gosh, I had two. I remember I had two. I had a Ludwig kit, and I had a Slingerland kit. It just made me think of that. In the the Ringo was my first kit I had was in the Ringo like the Ringo wrap, the Black Oyster, right? One mm-hmm. too, and I had double kick and like. Two 12s, 13, whatever, you know, 16 doodly, you know, trying to crank them up and tune. And, 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 and yeah, I never got <laughs> good at the double pedal thing. Anyway, no. I, never, I, had I,
1: I remember, I remember putting two kits together. You know, yeah. I had two drum kits and one had smaller toms and the other one had bigger toms. And I just yeah. like kind of yeah. cobbled them together to make yeah. a, a double bass kit to play. Gosh, um, what,
0: I, w- I don't know what even happened to those kits. I'm not sure, <laughs> but, wow. Just wow.
1: <laughs> That's too funny. It's so funny yeah. you mentioned the Ringo kit too. I just I just read something today. So Kenny Aronoff is um, hosting a serious radio, like um, Rolling Stone special tribute to Charlie Watts for the next few days. Awesome. And I read an article about that this morning. And I read that he, he the first thing that made him want to play the drums was watching Ringo, watching mm-hmm. the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show in uh, 1964. I think that was, um, but I, it kind of struck me because we just talked about technology and how everything has changed so much. So many people cite that experience of watching the Beatles play the Ed Sullivan uh, Ed Sullivan Show for launching them into their drumming career, um mm-hmm. and then the next generation, you know, kind of saw those drummers playing. It was inspired, and it's just kind of incredible to me how like way back then technology was television, like in, yeah. you know, in not everybody had a television too back then, but um, the influence, the succession of influence kind of just struck me this morning. And you just reminded me a little bit about that. Like thinking about the beat, you had the Beatles rap kit, but then, you know, you put it together and you're making this double kit to play rush music. And <laughs> it's just so incredible. And now, nowadays with social media, there's just so many options. There's so much out there, influencing yeah. kids, um, and it's just so different. It's it's amazing to me yeah, how things. I, I
0: follow, I, I you know, a lot of different drummers online that I follow on Instagram. That I learned Tim uh, from uh, Wisconsin. Oh, what's his? Tim? Yeah, it's
1: Timbo from Kino. Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh, God, he is so funny. <laughs> He's so insane, but he does all of those he writes some of it's curated. I think and some of it he creates himself. A lot of those drumless tracks. Mm-hmm. I've bought several of them, just paid, paid, you know, the hundred of them paid a hundred bucks to him. It's that to have those tracks to practice because, because they're so inspiring. He's such an inspiring player, funny, crazy nuts. His, yeah. sugar, I saw something the other day he did with sugar, with sugar drums, sugar, and he had a sugar maple drum kit and he had the top head off it. And he's like, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a review of this drum, and he's pouring it out, and it's got sugar just in it. And <laughs> he is fearless, absolutely fearless. I can't I can't wait to meet him someday. Like, like just yes. Sometimes he just yes. If anyone
1: is not following Tim, Tim Balthus oh is his name. Yes, and he is so funny, so entertaining, so smart about what he does, and he's a great oh, player on top of it. Tremendous. Yeah. He's so great, and so he he makes these videos. Um, follow him on Instagram, Timbo at Timbo from Kino.
0: Timbo from Kino, yes. Timbo
1: Timbo from Kino, and um, he's just he he's amazing, and and his personality is fantastic. And I met him in person um, at Nam, and and it was perfect because I heard him before I saw him, and he's just it's that's his personality. He's just so fantastic and like true to himself
0: his bits too the reviews of the of yeah. the stuff that people the food that people send him and stuff like that is <laughs> brilliant top shelf level comedy. I mean that's yes. it's, it doesn't get much better than that. It's just I mean he's incredible. Absolutely. I
1: mean we just we talked earlier about the drums being fun and drumming being fun and I think that's like the perfect example because you watch his videos and you're just like Tim is having fun. Everything yeah. he does is fun. Yeah. Like but we should all, we should all live like that. You know,
0: <laughs> that. I just didn't realize, I don't know that I really, you know, Todd Zuckerman is really funny too. Yes. He's, he only reveals like a bits and pieces of it. I think, you know, yes. he's another phenomenal player. Jesus. He's so yes. good. And, and yeah, there's things I've watched him and I'm gone, okay. You know, his accuracy is so pinpoint dead on. He's so good. But anyway, he's such a phenomenal player. Uh, but he's got some bits, just little bits and pieces that he is really, really funny. And Pat Brown, you remember, you know Pat Brown. Mm-hmm. He told me that too one time that that uh, Pat Brown was a, a artist relationship at, at ProMark for years, and a super sweet guy and great. And he said he's like, yeah, because Tom's really actually a very funny guy.
1: Yeah, the you know there's so many again this 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 drumming thing. There's something about drummers, and I say it all the time, but the personalities are kind of like match the position of the band right so like sure. drummers are like the ones that kind of hold it down sit in the back t- kind of take a back seat wow. a little bit um and or most of the time and the personality like the funny sarcasm it's all it's all there and it's yes. you know and just yes. caring about being like the 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 back the the thing that kind of like ties the band together um but Thomas Lang is another one. If you've ever met Thomas, yes, he's hysterically funny. Yeah.
0: Another another incredible, incredible. Player.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. We have a lot of fun. Everyone should play drums. Be a drummer.
0: It would be, it would be a, things would make a lot more sense.
1: Right. To all not, of us drummers anyway, the rest well, of the not, world.
0: But you're playing drums at the end of the day. What's, there's, <laughs> there's nothing, <laughs> that's all a good thing.
1: Right. You can't, you can't be unhappy while you're playing drums. It just, No,
0: you really can't. Just sure. makes
1: everything right. <laughs> oh well, Steve, thank you so much for being here today. And everyone, take a look um, at the tour schedule too, if you can t- catch Dirk yeah. Bentley Dierks. in your town.
0: Dirk.com. Yep. And perfect. my Instagram is my Instagram is Minstamore.
1: Yes. Yes. Follow
0: me. more and Instagram. Minstamore. Young.
1: Minstamore. It's perfect.
0: It's funny, but yeah, it's
1: yeah. <laughs> I'll link everything
0: hotcountry too to see what latest ridiculous silly silliness, silliness is.
1: Yes. Right if there. you guys want to have a good time, if you want to laugh, check the links in the description because nauseous.
0: If you want to become nauseous too, <laughs> and if you sit there, watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to be you want to be entertained.
0: Yes, entertained yeah. in all directions.
1: Yes. And head out to a Dirk Sventley show if you want. The Mardi Gras atmosphere that they bring, oh, so that was
0: insane. I was, I, I'm. It's very inappropriate to talk about, but it's like right <laughs> off the other night we were in uh, Chula Vista. I mean, first song out the gate, woo! It's like, oh. <laughs> Whoa, what's going yes. on?
1: Yes, well, yeah. you know, I it's. I think everyone is feeling like finally free, and yeah. that's I think maybe some people's reaction to feeling free is lifting up their shirts, but. <laughs>
0: you do you, you, do you. Right? right
1: if that's how you feel free
0: you feel go free. ahead right yeah, absolutely well thank you so much for, i it's truly truly a, i consider it a privilege to be on this podcast with you i really really truly do i've known you we've known each other for oh my god yeah uh a long a few years
1: it's been a long time <laughs> i mean almost it's got to be almost well, almost 20 years, I guess. It's
0: nearly 20 years. Yeah. And and I'm such a fan of yours and I'm so happy you're doing this podcast. I'm a fan mm-hmm. of it. I've listened to many of them too and plan on going through several more myself too. Out on thank the road. you.
1: Oh, yes. It's um, awesome.
0: Really, really great. So again, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Steve. I'm such a fan of yours as well. And I can't wait to see you out on the road and see you yep. back in person. And, yes. you know, it's <laughs> in
0: Boston. I think you're into September, I think. So I hope to see you then.
1: Yes, absolutely. I will be there, enjoying the atmosphere, keeping my shirt on. (laughs) All right, Steve, take care and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. bye.
0: Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.